Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Musai Collective. I'm your host, Lindsay Cabrera, and I hope you're staying well and inspired this week. On today's episode, you'll be meeting Irka Mateo, a Taino woman from the Dominican Republic who is an elder, medicine woman, and ceremonialist. Irka spiritually guides the people of her community with sacred Taino healing and beyond through honoring ceremonies and traditional indigenous healing. Irka is also an award-winning singer, songwriter, and recording artist. She is one of the pioneers of the Dominican alternative music movement. This medicine woman Musai is an inspiration to watch, and you can follow her on Instagram at Sacred Taino Healing or at Irka Mateo. I hope you enjoy this episode, and here's Irka Mateo on Musai Collective. Hi, Erica. How are you? It's so good to see you. Hello, Lindsay. I'm fine and I am very happy to see you too. I'm so happy to see you. It's been a while since I've seen you, but always a pleasure. <laughs> yeah, it's been almost a year. Actually, yes. A year, yes. This mar- a year this March. Yeah. And just to give everyone some background information here, I actually met Erica last March in the Dominican Republic during the Future Horizon event in which Erica was consulting as a shaman and ceremonialist for Global Coalitions at the Bay Sculpture, which we'll talk about later. But you and I, we immediately had such a connection that we connected at that one one of the first dinners and I was like, oh my God, I love you. <laughs> and I was like, you know, I, I just when I launched this podcast series, I knew I had to speak to you and it just worked out in divine timing, I think. And then everything you've doing with Atsabe and the Global Coalition team and yourself as a medicine woman, it's right up my alley. <laughs> oh, yes, I'm so happy that we connected that, I that know. night. You know, we knew that there was something more that like a, a friendship was going to flourish. <laughs> oh, yeah. I just said, I don't know you, but I really like you. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Who is this young woman? <laughs> Who is this fuego? Oh, my gosh. I love it. Erica is of Teano descent. And for those who don't know, the Taino people are indigenous to the Caribbean and were the first New World peoples encountered by Christopher Columbus in 1492. There's currently no pure Taino's people left today, but rather a mixture of Taino bloodline. And we're going to get into a little bit of this and that. But first, I just want to talk about what Irka is currently working on. She is currently practicing as a medicine woman and ceremonialist, offering her sacred Taino traditional healing services. Erica, I know it's been such an important journey for you to discover the deep-rooted practices of your ancestors to really bring back this Taino culture into today's youth and the world. Can you tell us what was the process of learning the healing ways of Taino culture for you? Yes, it has been a beautiful journey because, you know, I have always been attracted to the traditions and, and cultures of the world since I was uh, very young. In the, in the late 80s, I started to, to document the Taino and the African Spanish syncretism of spiritual music in these ceremonies that we have in the Dominican Republic. 
Mm. We have a very rich spiritual legacy of praying to the ancestors and to the deities that is informed by this Taino legacy, but mixed with everything that we are in the island, you know, our brothers and sisters who came from Africa and then the Catholicism. So we have like a syncretism. But we also have another branch of our spirituality that is just pure time. So, as I said, I started documenting the music that is played in these ceremonies. Um, so this is available and open to the public. But as time went by, I, you know, I spent many years going to the countryside and I started to be more familiar with, with the people who keeps all these traditions, who are the elders and they pass it generation to generation. So when we got to this point where I was accepted in into their community, then I started to have the access to this knowledge and this wisdoms that are not there open and available to everyone. So it was a process that took me like many years. So this was the beginning of me learning the spiritual Taino ways, the spiritual syncretic ways and uh, the healings and the rituals and ceremonies. This is how this started. Mm-hmm. And um, the, the main trip that I did there was from 1997 to 2007. Ten, I spent 10 years going to the countryside and documenting and learning all these things. It was a beautiful journey that changed my life. I can only imagine. It just sounds so amazing. So what are some of the offerings you do provide to help heal your clients? For those of who don't know or don't understand really what traditional healings and clearings might be. Yes. Mm-hmm. So um, I want to add that, uh, you know, because of colonization, we lost part of our culture and, and our spiritual and healing practices. So I continue researching and uh, my apprenticeship with our relative from the Amazon. All these healing and spiritual traditions that are still alive also in the Amazon. So I blended all this together to become a medicine woman. You see, the, I, it was mm-hmm. like like filling this gap. Uh, so now I feel really connected to our ancestors. And uh, actually, I'm just doing online ceremonies and uh, and healing sessions because, um, you know, because what we are going through. I do moon ceremonies, new moon, full moons. I also do equinoxes and solstices and I do the Day of the Dead. These are the ceremonies um, that I do every year. And uh, for the healing practices, I do power animal retrieval, soul retrieval, extraction healing, shamanic divination, breaking patterns ceremony and uh, clearing and protection ceremonies. And they are all informed by this uh, Amazonian tradition that came to the Caribbean thousands of years ago. Wow. So with your moon ceremonies and your change of season ceremonies, the quantixes and solstices, etc., why is this important to honor? Or why do you feel it's worth someone to do these rituals or participate in such ceremonies? For the indigenous people, we live in a container that is marked by the cardinal directions, the east, the south, the west, and the north, above, below, and our heart. This is where we live while we are on planet Earth. I love this. 
<laughs> so and we consider these cardinal mm. directions as being our relatives. They are our grandparents and they are our parents too. Mm. And the same for the elements because each of these directions has an element that rules it. For example, the east is the earth, the south is the fire, the west is the water, and the north is the wind. Then we have the sky, we have the earth, and then we have our cosmic center to connect to everything that is our heart, you see? So then we consider all these directions and these elements the givers of life. So this is why we honor them, just to let them know that we acknowledge that they created our life and that we love them. So this is the reason why we do all these ceremonies. And that's beautiful. And you know what? I actually did experience one of your ceremonies at the Global Coalition ceremonies at Future Horizon last March. And that was one of my first times having this kind of like shamanic ceremony experience. We did a journey for yes. opening the Atabay and then we did this journey for celebrating. It was a moon celebration and we did this journey for getting in touch with the ancestors. Yeah, I feel like I was so lucky that week because I, I experienced at least three of your ceremonies or journeys, private ceremony even. It was so amazing. And I guess we can get into that so people know what we're talking about. <laughs> so basically, there is an organization called Global Coalition and they have built this massive sculpture and her name is Atabe. And Erika was on site last year as the guide, the official shaman and ceremonialist who helped team tune into the ancestors and help them with the direction and the guidance of this building of Atabe and all the decisions they had to make. So during that week, her frame was on site for all of us to see and Erika performed a few ceremonies and it was so beautiful and powerful. And I'm just so happy that I got to experience this. Can you share with us the process of how you tuned into this for them and connected the ancestors to the project and basically your process of doing this? So when we met uh, with Angeline and Kyle, who are the people who are bringing this project to life, we decided that, well, I was going to guide them. There were two different things that we needed to do. One was the current interpretation of Atabe petroglyph, you know, because as these are images that inform about our spirituality. So they are code, they are symbols, they are signs there that are not available to the people who doesn't know the culture. Mm -hmm. So this was the first step. It, it was like to make sure that they understood every one of the symbols there and on Atabe and what meant what. Mm -hmm. So this was the first thing. And, and it was a very lovely process because I, you know, I told them about our uh, myth, about the storytelling, about the spirituality and how the world was created. So it was like a little spiritual type you know, school, you know, mm -hmm. storytelling so that they could understand what they were building yeah. and then explaining everything. Okay, see the, you know, these are hands and this, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah. that was the first process. And, and, you know, and we had a lot of fun doing that. Yes, I bet. <laughs> yeah. And then the second part was to do the ceremony for opening the project when they finished the structure. And that the third part was to do journey to ask permission to the ancestors for putting a tabay 
under the water. So I did that for them and I we had the permission. And then the second thing was what was the, the respectful way to and the accurate way regarding the culture to put Atabe on the ocean, at the bottom of the ocean. So then um, this was the last part of uh, all the process. And uh, it was beautiful because Atabe, she is the goddess of the fresh water. Mm -hmm. So in the culture, Atabe doesn't have anything to do with the ocean. Mm. But what happens, Atabe is the mother of Yukahu, who is Yukahu Bagua Morokoti, who is the god of the ocean. So the ancestor just told us to immerse Atabe on the, in the ocean, giving birth to Yukahu. And mm -hmm. this is what we are doing. We are yeah, doing and they're going to be deployed soon. There's been yeah. delays and delays and delays, as you know, due to weather and boats and cranes and all the things. <laughs> Yes. In between, it's been such a journey and a mission for them. I actually saw them last week. So I hope that the deployment happens soon for them. And I just think it's so beautiful that you were able to collaborate on this project together and they had your guidance with your professionalism and your deep rooted knowledge on how to guide them properly in their journey. Because I don't think they, they could have done it without you, but I don't think it would have been the same at all. Not the same deep rooted Taino culture and messaging that you're receiving. It would, it would not be the same. Yeah. <laughs> you're a really, very piece of, yeah. important piece of this puzzle. Yes. Yeah. The culture we have been missing which is like yeah. the, the most important <laughs> of course you know they have the welders and the builders and the sculpturing but you are also yeah. important in this as well people might not know this but you are actually one of the pioneers of the dominican alternative music movement with a 35-year career in music i've seen some of your live music videos and you are very fuego performing <laughs> I love it. I'm just Thank you. your albums, like it's just it's beautiful. I want to talk about how your 35 year music career basically came full circle with your healing and your chanting practices. How does the vibrations of the voice translate into this now, the chanting and the ceremonies? So you know, after 35 years, I I learned a lot about my voice, but I'm still learning because mm -hmm. you know life is a constant process of learning learning and this has helped me to to heal no when i started um, doing this uh, healing uh, like openly to the public uh, to the world then the singing came spontaneously so i understood at that moment that spirit wanted to help mm -hmm. so i i allowed i opened my to this, then I I started to to see how these sounds were connected to the compassionate spirit of the ancestors, who are the the people who who heals. You know, I'm just the I'm I'm just a facilitator uh, for them. So these these as chanting they come spontaneously during the ceremonies and during the healing. I never repeated chanting. It is just in the moment, so which makes it like uh, so amazing because when I'm going to do a ceremony, is when the, when I'm guiding the people to the journey, it's a 15 minutes chanting, and all this is just spontaneous that come for every one of these journeys. In the healing, is the same, you no, know, depending on the person when we are working. So this chance just come. And the most important thing is that this chanting are pure love. 
I've experienced your private ceremony with the chanting. And we did, I think, about 15 to 20 minutes for an Atsupe journey. And that was the first time I ever did anything like this. And for me, it felt so powerful. I could feel this love in your voice coming out. And I don't know, there was maybe six of us, maybe something like this. So it was very intimate and meditative. And, you know, you just, you're listening and you're following your voice. It's a really incredible experience, actually. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yes, because, you know, who helped in, in the journeys, as I have mentioned before, are the ancestors. Mm-hmm. And the ancestors who are healthy, who are in peace out there, here for guiding us to navigate life. So they come and they express themselves through this sound. And as they are so compassionate, so you can feel this love that is just coming down for helping us to heal. It's like channeling through you almost, like you yes. can feel. Yeah, it is that because, mm-hmm. you know, um, they, you know, which is a shaman in Taino, we are just the, to connect with the spirits and bring this healing and this, uh, and these messages to the people. Mm-hmm. We are just, we're just, I am just a <laughs> The middle lady. <laughs> they are the ones who do the work. Oh, yes. You know? But you're there and you're facilitating and you're offering yes. this, you know, because not a lot of people can tune into this and being the middle person, whether yes. on that spectrum of yes. mediums or just downloads or yes. connecting with ancestors. It's yes. it's a very special gift, I think. Yes, yes. We we are there because um, we have discovered that we have this calling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, this is, this is the truth. And uh, so we do this work. Speaking of that, just when you mentioned your calling and I feel like, I mean, you probably your whole life always had your bruja energy and medicine woman energy inside of you. Was this always something you were doing in your personal life before offering healing ceremonies to the public, you know, growing up or maybe raising your kids or in your life, were you doing these things for yourself? Were you always kind of bruja? Yes. <laughs> I feel like you were. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I started healing when I was like 15 years old. Ah, okay, yeah. And I did that with my father. My father is a very special man and, uh, and he loved all these things, you know, from the energies. And, nice. You know, so I started with him and then then I just, we had a, a lot of beautiful experiences and then I just put it aside. I was a teenager and mm. then I went up with my life. And years later, I pick it up. I pick it up when uh, I gave birth to my second child, which is today 28 years old. Oh, happy birthday. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. And then I started again with him, with, with my daughter and with close friends. I, you know, I was doing my music career, but I, and at the side, I was de- doing this in, you know, small circles. Nice. Yeah. So just, it was just natural, like happening. Yeah, natural, natural. And I, like, when I was living in, in New York before coming to Los Angeles, I will do this also to mm. my friends and uh, and all that. And just <laughs> three years ago, I made this radical change. And I said, I'm not going to sing, you know, music for, you know, the music that I was doing. She's, um, you know, this music also had this, the, the yeah, my last project, no, my most recent project had also this uh, spiritual component because this album, this most recent album that I put out in 2017 had to do with the healing accordion music that are done in the ceremonies, but they are in the context of universal music. 
you know, okay, and music for dancing, and that that you wouldn't say that is a spiritual. So after okay. I did this, was like my first step on going towards. It was almost like a transition. You were fusing the music and what you're doing together, and then kind of exiting out the other side. Yes. Now I'm going I, to focus on. I'm a exactly. medical woman now, and put your energy into this new yeah chapter i guess yes and then after i put that i you know any anyways i have been always working on the taina culture and 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 i worked 10 years at the smithsonian institution the national museum of the american Indian, yes 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 putting together all this artistic and cultural program for children so when i moved from new york the 10 years that i spent in new york i was doing this and my music then when i finished when when i said well you know i'm ready for a change then we came to la where i'm right now and uh, the total transition was there instead of putting all my energy uh, as a teacher uh, for the children and um, and all this amazing work that, you know, that, that they had programmed there at the museum. So I said, okay, so this is the time for me to be an openly medicine woman and ceremonialist. And yes. I changed my whole life and uh, I am not in the music industry as I was before. I, I understand. And, yeah, <laughs> and I recording, you know, other kind of music that is more for healing. And yeah. That's amazing. It's it's part of the journey, really. And as you continue to practice these traditions and ceremonies, the new kind of sound you want to maybe work with to incorporate in your maybe experiences or workshops or whatever you're doing, it's like it will resonate with what you're currently doing. It, it, it's an evolution. It's your evolution. Yes, <laughs> yes, exactly. Because we just go... You know, I say that we just go walking in life. Like, it's uh, true. Like taking a walk. Oh, look at this mango tree. Oh, look at this mango. Oh my God, it's so good. I, I want to eat mangoes forever. I Me mean, too. <laughs> you know, but then you, mm. you, you just go a little bit more farther and then you you take a, a guava tree. And oh my God, I love this guava tree. You know, it's like that with oh, your, for sure. and your talents. You just go you know, like uh, enjoying things. Of course. My life has been like that. Like, okay, yes. then I do that and I do that, you know? Yeah, it's almost like starting your new cycles in life, 35 years in the music industry. And there is that next phase of your life and chapter and what you now resonate with. And I think people need to remember that it's okay to make changes in your life. You don't have to feel stuck and you can evolve. It's your evolution and what no longer serves you. It's okay because what serves you comes to you when you're in your ebb and flow. <laughs> oh, yes, yes, it is. It is, yeah. you know, it can be different difficult to, to live like things that you have been doing mm-hmm. for so so many years. But you know, you're not living them. You are transforming them. Exactly. If that can feel <laughs> yeah makes you feel better. You know, you're transforming them. And uh, you know the the process that of the transition can be hard because you need to do some mourning for what you were doing and and, and give thanks and appreciation for everything that touched you and everything and then you know just move along with, with the next stage of your life. And I that is full of so yeah. many opportunities and possibilities, you know. That's the thing, you can't close yourself off and think, oh, I can't do that. I'm, oh, I've been doing this. And you have to really talk to yourself and say, what am I doing? What do I want? Like, what does your heart say? And what is that burning sensation, that intuition feeling of what's next? And it's okay to make changes. And I tell this to friends all the time. You're having these kinds of conversations. And I mean, I do it myself. (laughs) Here I am in the Dominican Republic right now, because I had this conversation with myself. What is next for 
me. It's the journey and I'm, I'm into it. <laughs> yes, it's the journey and we need to be open to them because it will just enrich our life. Exactly. Yes. More meaning. Exactly. And you meet more beautiful people on the path, right? Who has been some of the most inspirational people for you? Do you have any like key people that you can think of that were just really, truly a mentor or inspiration for you? Yes. Well, I have one important inspiration that was Barbara Cofino. She passed already a couple of years ago. She was um, a Jewish woman from New York. Okay. We met when I was living in France. We had 20 years difference. I was uh-huh. 20, she was 40. And she taught me how life is magical. That's beautiful. <laughs> and joy and laughter and all. So that resonated a lot with me. That's really but nice. I considered her like a, like a fairy. She was so magical. <laughs> she sprinkled a little magic into your life. And as someone that was 20 years older than you, I think it's so amazing to have people in your life at different ages. You meet people that are older than you, younger than you, maybe the same age. And there's when you have friends in your life across all ages, it's because you get different perspectives and advice and guidance. You can also be the one that's guiding someone else with someone that's a lot younger than you. And maybe you become a mentor to somebody else. And it's just like a really strong cycle, I think. And I'm I'm lucky to say that I have many people in my life that are like family who are many different ages. And I really appreciate it because you have different things that happen in your life. And you know, okay, I need to talk to this person because they they would probably know or resonate and can help me with this. And yes, yeah, yeah. Intergenerational um, relationships are very important because yes. you, know, you can learn from the younger generation what is next, what is the future. And then you can learn with the elders, like uh, what are the past, what are the traditions, what are the experience? How can I navigate that? Mm-hmm. So, you know, then if you are able to do this, uh, you're going to have, uh, you know, a life that is more open, that is going to be also more rich, as I said. As, and like have a, a rich life experience. <laughs> yes, yeah, absolutely. If you want to give a shout out to maybe one or two of your muses, you'd like to say yes. a shout out? <laughs> yes. Yeah, but before before I said that, I have another another one who was very important to me, and she was uh, she also passed. She was eighty six years old. Oh wow! Her name was uh, Reina Alejandro Jimenez, and she was the keeper of uh, the Calvary of Liborio Mateo, which is um, which is a healer, a curandero, and a spiritual leader from the Dominican Republic. That uh, you know, the most important that has uh, that has lived there. Uh, the beginning of last century and uh, she was the keeper of this calvary and she is the one who opened me to all this knowledge and all this wisdom so they they are the two of them you know in the different in different uh, aspects of life they have been my mentors i love it pivotal <laughs> it helps you along on your journey <laughs> yeah then i have Two, two friends. One is Carmen Gomez. Uh, we went to school together and uh, she's such, such a compassionate spirit. She's a teacher of yoga and breathing and she's, um, she's somebody that also she does workshop. You know, it's everything is like uh, how to, how to listen to your spirit, how to align uh, mm-hmm. with, um, with everything that is alive 
and how you can make your life better and that impact your community and your city and your and the world. So she she is uh, one of my muses, and we we are contemporary. We went to school together. I think I think that I said it. Yeah, that's great. I love when you yes. have those long term friendships too. When you're yes. like, we went to school together. Oh yes, and, yeah, and then I have another one. Her name is Marily Gallardo, and uh, we met when when I was um well we were in that time we were 13 14 uh, well I was a gymnast an mm. Olympic gymnast wow I think you've had many so, lives <laughs> yeah I do yeah I have done you know several things so yeah we met we met at the trainings and and then we we were part of of the uh the the pre-selection of the country and we lived together in the in in the Olympic um, buildings, you know, okay, we yeah. lived with my our parents, and yeah. then we had this room together. That we became so much friends. And then when she was an adult, uh, she became a dancer and a choreographer, and she's an Af- uh, an African Dominican. Okay, and she created this school for all these kids, these uh, female in the countryside. Oh, in the countryside. Just, okay. Yes, mm-hmm. and she created this dance and this life school for these people who are underserved. Oh wow. That is the best thing ever. Yes. Yes. So she created a, a, a dance troupe from these African Dominican children that wouldn't have, you know, the access yeah. in their life. Mm-hmm. And not dan- just dance. It was uh, like a holistic um, education. Mm-hmm. So this is that's why you know she she put her life into that and she's still doing it you know Amazing. She for for decades yeah so she has improved this uh, population in, in my country and given them so many opportunities i love that so we'll link their their information in your description for the podcast so people can check your muses out so let's get to the follow your bliss finale question i'd like to know if you can share with us one positive outcome from this pandemic you may have experienced or any life-changing lessons you might have learned i think i i won't speak for myself and for many others because i think that this pandemic has showed us how we are connected so uh in the in the indigenous uh, wisdom traditions we say that we live in a web like in a spider web like interconnected 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 and anything that you do in a, in in a, you know at the end of the web is going to be filled all over you know you see the when you when you touch a spider touch a spider web it is vibrating. yes yes i'm not touching any spider webs but <laughs> yes yes I but yes i know what you're saying <laughs> yeah okay yeah but, but be gentle yes 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 <laughs> So, and when there is no spider. (laughs) Yes, exactly. So, you know, this is something that that is part of our philosophy in life. You know, everything, we are so connected. So that's why we are very careful of what we think, of what we say and what we do. Because I know that this will have an impact all over the world, you see. So this uh, pandemic has showed us how interconnected we are know that uh, you know a little virus has gone all over uh, we are here with you know dealing with this all together then um, another thing is that it has showed us 
how individualistic life we have in the Western Hemisphere that I like has some taking us so far from the traditional belief of putting the community as the center. Mm-hmm. In the indigenous communities, in the indigenous villages, everything is done for the community. It's not mm-hmm. for one person. So this has brought us there back in time, back where everything started. We need to be together to be able to survive, you know, because if you're by yourself, then you're not going to survive. Right. You need the group with you. Yeah. Yeah. So so this um, with the social distancing, the mask, um, not being inside and all this. So we are taking care of ourselves, but we are also taking care of the people. So we are starting to understand what is the feeling of living in community. If together we stand and we can protect ourselves and we can live, you know, and we can survive. Mm-hmm. If you don't do that, you're going to be alone and you're not going to survive. This. Exactly. And community is so important right now. Maybe you're just like seeing four friends or whatever it may be, but just being even just interacting, talking on the phone, checking in on your friends. If you sense that something's not okay, you just gotta do the check-in. And it, I think that can help someone so much because maybe they don't want to reach out and say, I feel like this today. They isolate themselves. So I think if you just check in on your friends sometimes and maybe share new things for me, I like to share music with my friends. <laughs> so that's what I do. It's like, hey, listen to this. You know, maybe it, you know, brings a little happiness yes. into the day, but I think complete isolation can be damaging. Well, Erica, it was so lovely to have you here today and connect with you again. And I really hope that everybody enjoyed this interview. You will find all of Erica's information in the description box. Yeah, we'll see you soon, Erica. Thank you so much, Lindsay, for, you know, for giving me this opportunity to talk about all these topics. I am I am really grateful, you know, for putting <laughs> these, um, these spiritual beliefs out there. So because these are times where people are really looking forward to know other traditions that have more answers life. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and this is why we see so many people going, you know, to these native uh, communities, you know. Alternative healing, yeah. yeah alternative healing, because mm-hmm. uh, we have gone so far away from this, which was the beginning and, and which is connected with our heart and our spirit. So thank you so much for allowing me this opportunity. <laughs> Anytime. I love yes. you. <laughs> yes, yeah. Thank you so much. And thank you for everybody who listened to the to the podcast. I think I hope that uh, this uh, had a resonance in your heart and in your mind and that uh, and, and that you can also multiplicate it the way that it was received yes. by your heart and, uh, and your mind and let anybody else know. Oh, thank you so much. We'll see you soon. Love you. Bye bye. Love you. Soon. Love you. <laughs> <laughs>